Welcome to Series 2 of Gaia's Toolbox. This time, I'll be doing a bit more solo speaking on themes, concepts and ideas that fall within the same framework as Series 1. What you'll hear in Series 2 will be wisdom that came to me directly from Mother Earth through working with her plant medicines. So I still very much consider this to be Gaia's Toolbox. Wisdom and truth channeled directly from her for us to help us navigate this period of great change with grace, discernment, and celebration. My guest this week is Randy Lee. She is a human design and a Gene Keys guide. She lives in Hawaii, and she is somebody who has become a really dear friend. I am so obsessed with the brain of this woman. The depth of knowledge and insight that she holds around both human design and the jinkies means that she has such a unique perspective. And I basically used this interview as an excuse to just pick her brains. So we go super deep, we go super geeky, and I just know that you're going to be as obsessed with her as I am. Hello, my sweet Randy, how are you? So good. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I'm so excited because like we were just saying before we pressed record, you are the first person that I've ever like discussed or interviewed about the Gene Keys. And so your particular um, spectrum of knowledge is so fascinating to me because you come from both human design and Gene Keys. And so I can't wait to pick your brains. Yeah, I love talking about both human design and the Gene Keys because they have completely transformed my life, my perspective, mm-hmm. my business. And yeah, I feel so grateful that they found me. Mm-hmm. I feel exactly the same. And I feel like there's no other teaching um, that I have ever felt this much visceral gratitude towards for like I do with the Gene Keys. It's like, I feel an actual living love in my heart towards that transmission. Is it the same for you? Yes, 100%. And that's how it was when I found human design. I actually found human design before the Gene Keys, but found Mm -hmm. the Gene Keys shortly after I discovered human design. But my logical brain kind of needed that structure of human design before I was fully ready to open up into the transmission of the Gene Keys. So I remember when I first found the Gene Keys and, you know, learned about my life's work in 54 and read it, it didn't ha- like I it landed, but it, I was like, okay, that's cool. It just wasn't like the same resonance as after I had gone through probably like a good 18 months to two years of really studying human design. I felt this pull to go back and look into the gene keys. And that's when it was a totally different experience for me where the words landed in a whole new way. I understood it on a cellular level where before I think I just wasn't, I needed that structure. Like I wasn't able to let go of, of some of that, because uh, because the Gene Keys is really a lot more of a feminine, like right brain approach, where human design is a lot more structured, a lot more left brain, masculine type of approach. Mm-hmm. And it mirrored the journey that I was going on in my life. So each one kind of showed up 
when I was ready for it. And I believe that that's true for everyone. I really trust that when you're ready, it's going to show up and it's going to have that level of resonance. That is so true because for me, um, the gene keys showed up. I, I remember telling you the story, I think on your podcast, it was that there came a time when I felt ready to, to begin exploring the concept of shadow, which I had previously found like a really triggering word even. And I remember saying a prayer, um, you know, please show me a way that I can understand my own shadow, but it needs to be through a lens of love. Like it needs to be through a lens that works with me. And then suddenly the jinkies fell into my lap and it was just like my literal prayers had been answered. And I was already aware of human design and found it fascinating, but it's the way that the jinkies moved me. I mean, it's, it's literally like makes me so emotional even. And, you know, yours and you're in my friendship, you know, we, we became friends and, and I'd love to share actually with the listeners how I found you because it's such a beautiful story <laughs> where and I you'll probably make me cry again <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's just, and you know just the the quality of our friendship now and you know I remember as I this is probably about I don't know eight months ago or something and and I was you know wanting to bring the jinkies more into my business and you know, like these things always when, when you have a new idea and you think, how can I integrate this more into my business? And, you know, I just wanted to find like cool people that were working with the jinkies because it was so new at the time. So I said a prayer. I'd already searched many times for people working with the jinkies, had never really found anyone. Then I said another prayer. I said, show me someone really cool, really unique, who's working with the transmission in her own way, who can act as an expander for me and who's just like lush. <laughs> I literally found you immediately and I was like oh my god this chick is so bloody cool and then I just like wrote you a message being like hi <laughs> and you were like hi there and the rest is history and I'm just so grateful that I found you and I I really want everybody listening this listening to this to go and investigate and stalk you because you are one of the most good vibe good vibe people that I've ever come across in my life that's something I really just love about the Gene Keys community as a whole, like those who are really learning from Richard, you know, who are really in the Gene Keys community, because there's a lot of people out there who are learning the Gene Keys, not from the source. And I think that's also something we really connected on deeply is yes. this desire to share from a place of integrity. And that's, you yeah. know, a core value for me in my business. And yeah you see the difference in the depth of the Gene Keys community, those who are who are really learning from Richard versus those who are, you know, who, who have never taken a course from Richard, who've never invested in that community. I feel like you can just feel the difference in the frequency and the resonance. Yeah, you're so right, actually. You can. And it's strange because you said integrity. I if I'm being fully transparent, back in the day, that word was a bit triggering for me because I, for some reason, carry this like weird wound around not having integrity. And yet with the jinkies and with the, with the way that I've engaged with the community and, you know, you and I are both jinkies guides, meaning that we went through the entire guides program, we're accredited guides, and we 
have learned how to teach and share the jinkies in a way that Richard, that feels good for Richard. And, and like you, it never was under any question. I wanted, I wanted him to tell me how he feels comfortable with me sharing his work. And integrity has become such a core value for my work and for my business and for how I share the transmission. And it's always felt really natural and, and easy to have integrity with this work and has brought me into new levels of integrity with all of my work. And you're right that you can kind of tell when, when there's a lack of integrity or depth because these transmissions are too deep to be worked with on a surface level. Absolutely. And it, that's so interesting that you bring up being triggered by integrity. And I wonder if, because both of us have a six line in our profile, I wonder if that's part of the six line, because I can actually resonate with that really deeply because that first life phase, you know, from zero to 30 in that six line where we're basically living like a third line. We're going through a lot of trial and error and bumping into a lot of things. And we're really actually not ourselves in that first 30 years. Wow. You know, Ra, the the one who channeled human design, says that the six line isn't really themselves until they come up onto the roof, which is that wow. second life stage, you know, from 30, around 30, you know, after our Saturn return until our Chiron return around 50. So we really don't step into ourselves until we step onto the roof. And so I know for myself, like I had a lot of shame and wounding around the first 30 years of my life because I really was not myself. And so oh. now to like learn to integrate that and like like find resolve around that and peace. I mean, that's really what the second life stage on the roof is all about so that I can become a role model. And for the sixth line, it's about embodiment. And how can I really embody that if I'm not in integrity, if I'm not really being who I say I am, if I'm not embodying what I'm selling then I can't really be the role model that I'm designed to be. So I think that's kind of part of our journey as a six line is to, you know, live in a place where we're not really in integrity to really get a sense of, okay, that didn't work. That wasn't who I was. How can I step into who I'm called to be? God, this is fascinating. See, this is where your human design lens adds like new layers of depth to just interpreting the sixth line through the jinkies because the whole like this terminology of on the roof and role model is is a, a human design perspective and it's so fascinating and I have a question for you so I had a very like it's a very clear Saturn return like pre-Saturn return and then like an extremely like sharp yeah I, yeah. I literally <laughs> from one day to the next was like ah namaste like eating quinoa and like meditating going from like cocaine to quinoa practically and like by the way hash that's the soundbite of this episode and oh my god I love I, it <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to know do you think as a sixth line like one has a more like earth shattering transformation from pre and post Saturn return in your experience, do you reckon? 100%. I think everybody goes through something in their Saturn return, but six lines, it, it, it really is an earth shattering because we're literally going from living as a third line being learning from this trial and error 
to now being up on the roof where we immediately have a different perspective. And it was, it was this immediate shift for me. And that's actually when I started to think about starting my own business because I saw how so much of my life wasn't really what I wanted it to be. You know, and that's really when a lot of the things started to, you know, shift for me and and looking back who I was before my Saturn return to who I am now, it's a totally like night and day experience. <laughs> me too. It's quite lulls actually when you look back at it. Okay, oh so gosh. give me a yeah. snapshot. Like you said, like the whole cocaine, like, I mean, I like it was, I mean, you know, I, I definitely had, you know, addiction things like, I mean, here's another thing with human design. I have a undefined G center. So our G center is our center for our identity. It's also in human design. We talk about the energetic monopole and the energetic monopole actually lives in our G center. And this is what's giving our life direction. So we talk about in human design, like our our unconscious and our conscious design. So our unconscious design is basically like imprinted 88 degrees before we were born. And it's like this ancestral um, imprinting the that we're given and it's the design of our body. And our body is really like our vehicle that we experience life through. You know, our, the spirit, we are spiritual beings in a physical body. So we, we are given this vehicle to experience life through. And our conscious design is really designed to just be the passenger. It's designed to just like look out the window and enjoy the view. And the driver of the vehicle is that energetic monopole. And so for me in human design, that G center is undefined, which means I don't have a consistent sense of my life direction, of who I am. So I spent so long searching for that consistency, searching for like an identity that I could cling onto that would give me that sense of who I was and the direction that I was going. And when that Saturn return happened, it was like all of that kind of shattered. And I started to see how so much of that was rooted from my non-self. Even before I had this understanding of human design, it was literally a net, like it was innate because it's innate in every one of us. So even if you don't have any understanding of human design or the gene keys, life is naturally pulling you to to more and more alignment. Like naturally, that's where our spirit wants to go is back to alignment. So even in the challenges, even in the shadows, it's really there to help us remember the truth and the power of who we are. Oh God, there are so many wormholes I want to go down from what you just said. Okay, there's one I want to talk to you about challenge. But before that, I just wanted to ask you, so, because you've tantalizingly told us that the first, the first, you know, part of one's life until 30, we're like living, you know, that third line, crazy alchemical experience. And then, you know, we go up on the roof um, after our Saturn return. And then I believe there's a third stage where you come down off the roof. Can you exactly. just tell us a bit about, okay, what, talk to us about what that might look like. Yeah. So the sixth line, that's why the sixth line is really 
special is because it goes through these three different life stages. So like we were talking about, you have that first life stage where you're lived as a third line, and that goes from birth until your Saturn return. And then your second life stage is what we call on the roof. And that goes from after your Saturn return until your Chiron return. And your Chiron return is around 50. And so that second stage of being on the roof is really about gaining a different perspective. Because when we're in our first life stage, you know, our perspective is very subjective because we're living, you know, through those experiences as a third line. They're here to learn through experience, through trial and error. They're actually here to learn what doesn't work and how valuable it is to learn what doesn't work. So we're learning all that. We're gaining all of that during that first life stage. And then the second life stage, we gain this objective perspective where we're able to then see, okay, how can I like pull back? Like almost, and that's why we have to, we almost become removed. And that can be where we can get stuck in the sixth line is we can be a lot, very isolated. You know, being on the roof is also a time because during your first 30 years, if your life was something like mine, you know, I, I really went through a lot of challenges. I I feel like I lived a whole lifetime during my first 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so it was a lot of healing on the roof, healing from all of that, you know, really discovering who I was, you know, who I am and who I wasn't and like sorting all of that out and gaining this different perspective. And so then it's like about this education and gaining like the knowledge that we need, and then the embodiment of that so that we can then, and our third life stage, we come off the roof. And that's when we really step into our role as a role model, you know, because now we have both the objective and the subjective points of view, and we can really be this sage that's embodied in this deep wisdom. Wow. And I have another question. So obviously, um, we both have six lines in our activation sequence. And and if you look at it through the human design profile, I'm a four, six, and you're a six, two, six, two, Mm -hmm. six, two. So this, this, a lot of what you've discussed with the six line is, you know, an archetypal theme that you can look, you can see that anywhere there's a six in your profile, but with specifically with regards to this on the roof, off the roof, if you had a sixth line elsewhere in your Gene Keys profile, can you apply the same thing where it's like, oh, you will be having a different level of perspective after your Saturn return on, for example, your e- the sphere of your EQ, your emotional intelligence? Does that work? Can you do it like that too? Yeah, I think anywhere you have a sixth line, like one of the central themes for the sixth line is going to be time, space, you know, nurturing a vision, like it Mm -hmm. it takes that time to really come into the fullness of the six, you know, so it may not necessarily have those distinct phases, but anywhere there's a six line, it needs nurturing. Mm -hmm. It needs time and space. It needs um, that surrender and trust in the process because it's going to be You know, it has to go through like the sixth line is the top of the hexagram. So it it really takes time to get into that full expression of, you know, being that visionary. Because in a lot of ways, the sixth line of the hexagram is 
is disconnected from the hexagram because it's looking beyond. It's looking to what's coming next. And so, you know, it takes a long time to really come into that fullness and that expression in that sixth line. Yum. And you know what? This is actually perfect segue into the other questions I wanted to ask you because we're talking about this beautiful trinary, you know, these three phases within the sixth line. And this theme of the trinary is woven all the way through the gene keys and in life. And one of the, the main ways, um, one of the main ways that shows up is in these pathways. So in the activation sequence, we have the pathway of challenge, then the pathway of breakthrough, and then the pathway of core stability. And that theme is kind of echoed through all three sequences. And I, I wanted to chat because I know you and I are both really like we're in love with the transmissions of the pathways in themselves, right? I mean, they're the most beautiful, um, comforting kind of, well, they're, they're archetypal journeys that we all go through on our hero's journey. And I would love to hear you talk a little bit about those three pathways from your human design and Jinky's perspective. And then I want to ask you a couple of questions in terms of the different ways we can work with challenge. But the first pathway that we go straight into the pathway of challenge in the Gene Keys. What does that look like when you're guiding someone through that? Yeah, well, that pathway of challenge, that's going to be what connects our conscious sun and earth. So these are really like these conscious archetypes wow. that we are very, you know, aware of, you know, we're, they're, we're very attuned to them. And so that's why starting in the activation sequence and starting with that pathway of challenge can often be the easiest way into the transmission because these are aspects of our conscious design. So like I was saying in human design, we have uh, like we have different gates and different activations from the date of our birth, which is our conscious design. And then we have these unconscious gates or these unconscious um, planetary positions that are based on 88 degrees before we were born. So in the activation sequence, our radiance and our purpose actually come from our unconscious design. So that's going to be from those 88 degrees before we were born. So those might be archetypes that are maybe a little bit harder for you to connect with in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So starting with that, those first two spheres of your life's work and your evolution can really be powerful because it's going to be immediately, you're going to see the challenge that they bring in your life because in the activation sequence, basically what we have are two sets of programming partners and programming partners are going to be opposing energies. They're basically like opposites on the wheel. So for instance, my sun is in Capricorn and my earth is in Cancer. So it's literally opposite sides, right? So we have these two different sets of programming partners that create a level of tension, a level of conflict, a level of challenge. And it's about learning to find balance in those. And that's, you know, these, these four keys are really, you know, our four primary archetypes, our four cardinal directions. And so there's a level of tension that's like needed, right, for evolution to occur, 
Like if you think about like a tightrope, right? Like you need that level of tension for somebody to actually be able to walk across the tightrope. If it's too tight, then it's going to break, right? It's going to bust. If it's too loose, then it's going to collapse inward. And that's what that balance is about in these four cardinal directions is we need that level of tension to create the evolution that we're here to experience. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> oh, that, God, there's just so much there. That is absolutely beautiful. And then I'm thinking as a little side question with the level of tension, do you ever contemplate the tension between your six and your two? Like, is oh, there absolutely. any tension? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, very and that's different. actually... At, yeah. And that's so in a human design, we actually talk about the profiles. Uh, so I'm a 6'2 profile, Ellie's a 4'6. And both of these profiles are actually not harmonic. So six profiles um, in human design are harmonic and six profiles are not harmonic. And the majority of us have profiles that are not harmonic. So the lines that are harmonic are basically going to be in the same position in the lower and upper trigram. So in the hexagram, that's where like these profiles, these lines come from are the, uh, the 64 hexagrams of the I Ching and the hexagrams are made up of six lines. So the lower three lines are called the lower trigram. So that first line is going to be harmonic with the fourth line which is like the foundation of the upper trigram. So we have the foundation of the lower trigram and the foundation of the upper trigram. So lines one and four are going to be harmonic. And then lines two and five are going to be harmonic because they're in the same position. The two's in the middle of the lower trigram and the five's in the middle of the upper trigram. And then three and six are going to be harmonic. So we have the top of the lower and the top of the upper trigram. So anytime you see like a one, four profile or a three, six profile, those are harmonic profiles. Five, two is a harmonic, but mm. these profiles are actually very rare. They only, there's only a few hours during each day that a harmonic profile can actually come into the world. And these are bridge profiles. And so the majority of us have these inharmonic profiles and it's because of that 88 degrees. It's not a perfect 90 degree angle. If it was a perfect 90 degree angle, we would only have harmonic profiles. And if we only had harmonic profiles, we wouldn't have a level of tension for evolution to occur. So we probably wouldn't even exist in the first place. <laughs> oh my God. Boom. What an incredible explanation, Randy. Wow. Okay. So is part of your contemplation then? you know, you have your life's work in the sixth and you have your purpose in the second. And do you often feel like those two aspects of yourself, like grappling for, you know, for space within you? Yeah, I feel like right now with me being on the roof, my six and my two line get along really, really well because my two line loves to be alone. It loves to hermit. And my six line is like, cool. We're on the roof. We're isolated. We're good. So in that way, it's like they like each other, but it's actually probably not healthy. 
like sometimes I have to really be like, okay, Randy, like, let's get out. Like, let's put ourselves out there because I can find myself really isolating. And, you know, so finding that balance of like the two also needs to be in relationship with others. It needs the Mm -hmm. biofeedback, you know, and I I need to be called out by the other, you know, the two line has a natural gift, but it can't really see it. And so it needs others to like call it out. And so I need others to call that out so that I know like I can respond to what is my calling and then step into that as a role model, you know? So like for you as a four, six, it's like your, your community is really going to show you what you're a role model of. So you need to be in community. You need to be in network. But like I said, being on the roof, you could probably be like, okay, I'm good. I can just like sit back. But it's like finding that balance between both. Yeah. Which is like one my biggest challenge in life. The aloneness versus the community integration. Yes. Oh my God. I have so many questions. Okay. So what about so that first that first pathway the pathway of challenge so for you that pathway straddles as you say the two programming partners the sphere of your life's work and your sphere of your evolution and it's a sixth line you have for both do you ever take the contemplation of looking at your challenge through the lens of a sixth line and do you think if you had a second line there let's say you were a two four you would have a different approach to shadow work you know that you would look at that pathway through different eyes like do you have do you think different lines have different ways of even uh, alchemizing their own shadow yeah 100% you know because like especially in our evolution that's our biggest teacher what we're here to learn so each one of us is going to have a different element so like you said your biggest teacher is learning between the aloneness and Um, being in community, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's really the fourth line's biggest teacher, where for me, like my biggest teacher is so much about trust and surrender, which is, I mean, as a six line, I have to, so much of my journey has been learning to trust in that path, you know, learning to really trust that even when, you know, being up here on the roof, like, and I feel like sometimes I don't really know where I'm going. Like, I'm really not going to know my true purpose until after 50. And that can be terrifying, you know, especially as somebody with an undefined G center who's been searching for her sense of direction and purpose, like my whole life, being told I'm not going to find, you know, really know that until 50. I remember finding that out and I was like, oh my God, what? (laughs) But like learning to surrender to that has been my greatest teacher. And it's allowed me to then stand in my life's work as a six line, which is to be the teacher, you know, which is to really like, and not just to teach people like, oh, this is how you do it, but through being the embodiment of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's where that third line lived experience you know, because like you, I've also had like a million lives before the age of 30. You know, marriages, divorce, not marriages, marriage, divorce, <laughs> many marriages. And and so all these things, it does, it makes us who we are and, and you're able to use, you know, your own pathway of embodiment and, you know, to serve your community as a teacher. So I love that. 
Okay, so I've heard you speak really beautifully in the past about those three pathways, the pathway of challenge, the pathway of um, breakthrough, and the pathway of core stability. And you've, you've said things like, here's how you know when you're in core stability. Here's how you know when you're not in core stability. Can you give, give me some like tangible, kind of relatable examples of what it feels like to be in or out of core stability for you even? Yeah. So that's where then we get these other lines in our profile. And so for me, the core stability is really going to come from that second line. So I like to think about it like integrating human design and the gene keys. Like if our design of our body is the vehicle and our conscious design is just the passenger, well, of course the vehicle needs to be the priority. Like, of course, our unconscious design needs to be the priority because how can our conscious design operate at its fullest potential if the vehicle is run down, is not operating at its fullest potential? So for me, looking at the spheres of my radiance and my purpose have really allowed me to actually like I don't when I when I can become aware of these shadows of my radiance and my purpose and can allow accept and embrace them I often don't even see the shadows of my life's work and evolution even showing up anymore wow. because I have that different level of core stability because I feel like what happens in the chart is it's almost like a domino effect. Like if we don't have core stability, which is balance between our radiance and our purpose, you know, really finding that grounding in our physical body. If we don't have that, then everything else can really be thrown off. You know, then we can be thrown back into those shadows of our life's work and evolution, even if we've done, done a lot of work around them. And that's what I saw is that like I had done a lot of work around, you know, embracing and allowing these shadows of my life's work and my evolution. But I was like, why, why do they keep on showing up? And it was because I hadn't really become aware of these unconscious patterns because your radiance and your purpose, that's your unconscious sun and your unconscious earth. So the pathway that goes from your evolution to your radiance, that's the pathway of breakthrough. And that's really about starting to witness these unconscious patterns that hold you back. So like that shadow in your radiance, it can be something that you're not as easily aware of. Like it's, it really is this subconscious programming, you know, it's programming in our body, in our vehicle. And so it takes a little bit more time to become aware of those patterns, but when you can, and you can really start to alchemize them and transform them and, and let the gifts emerge, then you find this deeper level of core stability that then doesn't throw like, everything else off, even when things are, you know, challenges occur or things happen outside of your control. And I really saw that, you know, in this experience I went through a few months ago with having to move, you know, mm -hmm. the more that I actually allowed myself to witness the shadows of my radiance and my purpose, which the shadows are failure and expectation, the more I started to witness those, be with those, I never actually saw 
the shadows of my evolution in life's work, immaturity and greed, I didn't actually see those show up during that entire experience. And it was like before that would have been like what was actually driving everything. But because I was able to actually go deeper and find that like stability, even in that challenging time, I didn't see those shadows emerge. Does that make sense? Yes. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. And just tell us which gene keys you have in, in your radiance and your purpose. Yeah. So I have 32 and 42. And then my life's work is 54 and my evolution is 53. Mm-hmm. So those two shadows that you have in your radiance and your purpose, did you see those playing up big time when you were basically about to oh be my made God, homeless? Yes. <laughs> Yes. And the thing is, is, you know, that, that radiance, I feel like can be so challenging sometimes to see. And failure is something like, when I heard that I had the shadow of failure, I was like, I don't have a fear, fear of failure. I'm somebody who's like, you know, especially after going through the first 30 years of my life and a lot of things not working out, it's like, I'm somebody who is not afraid of things not working out because I've had that happen in the past, you know? And so I feel like it's like, I, I was like, I'm not really, you know, afraid of failure, but what I saw was it was actually the expectation. And when expectations mm-hmm. didn't like when I didn't, when expectations didn't work out the way that I wanted, you know, when things weren't happening the way I expected, that's when failure would come in. It was like, well, now you're a failure. <laughs> and so it was like, it was so subtle. And so like really starting to become aware of the subtleties in this has been so powerful because I thought for so long, like, I don't have that failure, but it was like, I was so afraid of actually what I thought was like going to be moving backwards. It was like, well, if I have to, if I don't find a place and I have to move in with my parents, I'm moving backwards. And that's a failure. Mm-hmm. That you make this it expectation, mean failure. Right? Yeah, because I had an mm-hmm. expectation of, of what that would mean and, and what, you know, what I, well, I should mm-hmm. find it by this place. And if it doesn't, then it means mm-hmm. this. And so like starting to untangle all of that and see those like narratives, those mm-hmm. stories that I had was like, oh, and actually I had even like made stories up about like, my parents were going to think less of me and da-da, you know, mm-hmm, all of this. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with my mom and my mom's like, what? We don't think that. We don't have any they of those expectations. It. And I was like, wow, this is really all you. It's <laughs> like, wow. oh, this is really all in your head, Randy. <laughs> and then it was like, but I literally was just the observer to all this. It was like, oh, isn't this interesting how you're like, these narratives and these stories, huh? You were amazing because I, I obviously watched this whole journey and now you're talking to me from your new apartment, which is literally the lushest apartment I've ever seen. The view is to die for. And you got it literally like a week or something before you got chucked out of your previous place. Wasn't Not it even literally that. Like- so, <laughs> yeah, so this is actually so funny. So I was supposed to move out of my old apartment on October 14th, which was the day that 32.2 and 42.2 were activated in the sun and the earth. I'm not even joking, Ellie. It was like, what? 
Like the day I had to, like I had to move out, it was literally the design of my unconscious, you know, was activated in the transits. And I didn't actually sign the lease for this place until 1010, October 10th. Oh my God. So literally four days before. Four days before I had to move out, it was like, I didn't actually sign the lease to this place. And what really did it for me was so I the place that I'm sitting in now that we're, we're I'm recording mm-hmm. this from, I mm-hmm. actually had went and saw it um, the week prior, and things had actually started moving through, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to work out. And I actually had this like inner knowing, like this is my place, everything just feels really good. And then the next day, the uh, property manager told me that the owners had decided to take it off the market and weren't going to rent oh. it. And oh. like in that moment, it was like all the expectation, all the failure, Mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm. just came up. Yeah. And I really had to be with it. And it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, what now? Like, like I was like, okay, universe, I have to trust that, that there's something like that's happening for me. And I feel like this whole experience, it really was to like deepen that core stability to be like, can you still stand in your gifts? Can you stand in what you know to be true, even when you don't have evidence of that outside of you? And that really was what was happening was it was like, there was no evidence that things were going to work out. I was a week away from like having to like, I basically had been like, okay, I'm moving in with my parents. I was like, I guess that's what the universe wants. I literally let go of any expectation. I was like, I guess what is will be. And that was on the 6th of October. And then on the 10th, I got the call that the owners had actually, you know, they were going to rent it out to their son, but their son decided that he didn't want to move in. And so he was like, can you move, you know, can you sign the lease um, and pay the deposit today to, to get the place? And because I own my own business, I have my money in all these different accounts. <laughs> and so yeah, I didn't actually have the, the, like, the amount that I needed to pay the prorated rent and deposit. But that day, somebody actually paid in full for my chart reading mastery program and had paid oh. on PayPal. So I was oh. able to transfer it instantly. And the last four numbers, Ellie... We're 5353. <laughs> and 53 is my evolution. And the city is super abundance. And I literally was like, it was the whole time, the whole time, it was happening perfectly. And it was only my expectations that didn't allow me to see that until afterwards. But it was like, I even through that process, Ellie, I think what was so powerful for me was actually even learning to trust in the shadows and the resistance because my place wasn't available until the last four days. Like it just, it wasn't ready. And I actually, all of that like was leading me there, the shadows, the resistance, the fear, all of that. Cause I think so many times we can be afraid of like being in that and think like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm not going to manifest what I want. This is going to ruin everything. Mm-hmm. But what if it's actually through trusting that, that we develop even deeper levels 
of trust in the cells of our body. Like through that experience, it was like these archetypes of my radiance and my purpose, they were no longer just things that I understood mentally. Like I knew them in my body, in the cells of my body. I became so intimately connected with not just the shadows, but the gifts in the cities. I saw them all through that whole experience. And like learning to actually trust in that, I think was the most powerful gift that I never even knew that I needed. Oh, it's, you know, it's really quite an unbelievable story, that story. And do you think that trust is like a one of your central life lessons because you have that sixth line and somebody else who, for example, is like a one three will be so much more around like self-esteem or, you know, security? You know, yeah, I definitely why. think it's a theme for me as a six line and, you know, anybody who has a six line. But I also think, you know we can see almost like the whole journey when we look at all of the six lines, you know, like that one line, it is really about building that foundation and having that level of like security, you know, and, and that's something that's true for all of us, you know, finding Mm -hmm. that individual empowerment, that self empowerment, that's important for all of us. And then when we get to that six line, you know, trust and surrender. I mean, I feel like that's what this whole journey of being a spiritual being in a physical body is about is like learning to trust in the natural evolution of our journey that we actually can't ever be in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. We're always where we need to be. Even Mm -hmm. if that means that we're in a challenge, that we're experiencing a shadow, that's exactly where we need to be. Oh, Randy, you're so inspiring. And you're such a good storyteller as well. (laughs) I think it's my open throat. (laughs) I have a totally open throat. And that's been, you know, one of my uh, areas I've had to really work around is like, because I have for so much of my life, tried to get attention through, um, you know, doing things like to just yeah, get attention. And that's like the non-self of, of my open throat, but learning to trust that, you know, my core fractal is going to come to me and I don't have to like be out there, like Mm -hmm. making a big scene has been a huge lesson for me. And I think that's even powerful, like with you sharing that story of how you got me, because that's how it naturally happened. And, and that's been so freeing for me is like, I don't have to be the one out there like, hey, look at me, look at me. I can just literally be me being myself and that's going to attract my fractal line. Oh my God. I feel like that in itself is like you could do a whole podcast series about fractal magnetism. And that is a beautiful example, as you say, because I really did find you like, and I had searched many times you know, on Instagram for people doing jinkies and you'd never come up until that time. And I was like, oh my God, there she is. And it's not like you're new at this. You've been doing this for years and you have like a very established community. And it just showed me when I was ready to find you. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. And that's what I found. Like the more that I trust in this and really just focus on being the embodiment of it, 
my community finds me. The people who really mm-hmm. recognize me and see me for that find me. And I have a two line in my pearl. And that's also been something I've really mm-hmm. been contemplating recently is like this, you know, prosperity through recognition. But it's like the recognition from those who are a part of my soul community, you know, who really can recognize me for being the embodiment and role model of, you know, what I teach of what I like, what I'm so passionate about, you know, I'm so passionate about it because it really is my life. Like I'm living through all of these Mm -hmm. things and I'm like, wow, this is so powerful. Like what if, what if other people could just tap into this magic? And that's why Mm -hmm. I love sharing it because I've literally lived through, you know, I, I don't think if I didn't have the gene keys, I wouldn't have been able to approach this situation the same way. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. And do you think that because you have that second line in your um, unconscious programming pairs, you know, in your radiance and in your purpose, that your like salvation or whatever, or your your growth comes from being in such close relationship with a system, like, and your inherent ability to like pretty like to, to grasp, you know, these two huge systems, human design and jinkies. I mean, you are really the person I know who has the most in-depth knowledge of both and the way that you fuse them together. It's astounding. I mean, that's why I'm enrolled in your course, which begins next year, because like, I want to learn from you. And do you think it's that second line, like ease of mastery of, and you need that sort of relationship to a system or a teaching? Yeah. So that second line in my radiance, it's called marriage. And when I read that, I was like, what? Because I'm single. I'm not married. I'm like, uh, what? I need to be married. But it's what? like, I, right? I was like, what is it? So I need to get married or I'm not going to like let my inner light shine. But it was for me, it was like, I feel like I'm married to the gene keys. Like, I'm, you know, like I really am. Like, it's like, I literally have committed my life to this work. Yeah. And I'm so devoted to it that it's like, this is where my inner light shines. Yeah. Oh, and like, yeah, I had a a Akashic records reading. Um, and it's so funny because I never even, you know, said the gene keys, but she said like in the reading, she said, you've been working with this this lineage of the gene keys for several lifetimes. And it was like this immediate, like, yeah, this is Mm -hmm. why I just, there's something in me that just, I see, I see the patterns. I see the way it connects. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't even recognize that in myself. And that's why I need people like you, Ellie, to be like, oh my God, Randy, wow, look at how you do this. You do this. Nobody else does. Mm -hmm. Because as a second line, I can't even see that sometimes. Mm. It's like, but doesn't everybody see this? Like, (laughs) doesn't, isn't everybody pulling these connections? And it's like, no, this is a natural gift and ability of mine. Yeah. And owning that has really been something I'm still you know, learning to embrace because, you know, I, I don't know. There is just something in me that just is so freaking passionate about it. I think it is that second line. That's the passion. Yeah. Yeah. It's that passion. And I just understand it. I get it. It comes together. I see the patterns and 
yeah, I think the more that I embrace that, the more that I can really bring this gift to others. Oh, you're just the best. Okay, well, I want to pick that brilliant mind of yours with another question, which is a bit of a pivot, but um, I'm dying to get your perspective on this. So a lot of us are doing the Pearl Retreat at the moment. And currently, we're all contemplating the sphere of our vocation. And then a question I hear a lot of people asking, and I'm contemplating myself, is what is the difference well, not what is the difference, but talk to me about the vocation, your life's work, and your purpose. And because you have like a planetary lens that I don't, and now you've already taught me, which I had no idea until this conversation, that our life's work is our, our conscious sun, and that our purpose is our unconscious, and what planet is it? Purpose? Earth. Yeah, Earth. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, so you've got conscious and unconscious. I mean, this is even language I didn't know until today. Okay, so what about vocation? How do you see those three different spheres like relating to one another? Yeah, so our vocation, that's going to be your unconscious Mars. So, you know, we have like our life's work is our conscious sun. And this is really going to be a huge archetype in your life. It really makes up a huge part of who you are. So it's going to be really this energy that you bring into everything that you do. So with it being in your conscious design, it really is having to, you know, do with more what you do rather than your purpose, which, which really has to do with who you are. You know, it mm -hmm. has to do with a, a quality of consciousness and your being. You know, like that unconscious earth, it's like that grounding, that more feminine being presence rather than like, you know, the sun is more of like a masculine fiery archetype, right? And then our vocation in that unconscious Mars, you know, Mars can be, you know, like a warrior, you know, can also, you know, can also kind of... um have some wounding to it. And that's where this comes out of our core wound, you know, our mm. vocation. So it's like knowing that through the core of our wounding, we can actually bring this core talent, you know, before mm. it was called vocation, it was called our talent, you know, before mm -hmm. Richard changed the language. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is really like a talent that you bring into that life's work that you bring in service to the whole, you know, through you doing that inner work to heal that wound, you know, so mm -hmm. my vocation, for instance, is 47.6 and 47 is the shadow of oppression and the gift is transmutation. And I feel like that's literally this core talent that I bring. And it's no wonder that I'm doing the work of the gene keys because it's all about alchemizing these shadows, transmuting these shadows. And so that's really like a core talent that I bring into my work is this higher vision like that the six line has of what would be possible if we all did this work to transmute our shadows, to all really like shift our relationship with our shadows. And so through me being an embodiment of that, I get to bring this talent to my life's work, which is 54, which is aspiration, you know, and the city of ascension. You know, um, I was listening to the meditation on the path for the pathway of initiative. And there was like this question, like, what do you love? And 
I started to contemplate that yesterday. And it was like, what I love is seeing the divine being revealed in everything. Because I see it. I see others' potential. I see, you know, that six line sees this higher vision. And I was so in love with witnessing that, with witnessing that become manifested. And I feel like that's my life's work of that aspiration, of that ascension is I so deeply want to know the fullness of who I am. I want to know the divine as my life. And I want to guide others to know that as their life. And I feel like that's really like, like in my purpose, you know, 42 is celebration. And what more is there to celebrate but knowing the divine in everything? Like that to me is the ultimate celebration is to witness the divine being manifested in everything because it so desperately wants to be known as each one of us and it's just allowing it to be. And so, yeah, I, I went on a little tangent about that, but hope that brings it together. A little bit. Yeah, I just love you. I love, I was like, I wonder how many times the Pisces in Randy will pour out. This is what I love about you so much. Oh you're, so, you're, you're so like switched on and sharp and like clever and articulate and funny. And then like at a moment's notice, you're like weeping because you're so moved. And I, that's what I love. It's most like about truth you. tears. It's just as like, like, and that's what I've, I've witnessed is like, there was always this part of me that just like, when I knew something to be true, I would cry. And I, I used to judge that. I used to be like, oh my God, there's something wrong with you. But the more that I just allow it to be, it's like, I almost like let that be my guide. You know, like yes. when I'm really feeling something, it's like, I mean, yesterday, like that's how I knew this was like true for me. I was listening to this mm -hmm. meditation and it just came and it was like, I just started weeping. And yeah. it was like, that's it. That's it, mm -hmm. Randy. Like, that's really what your vocation is, is to witness the divine in everything, you know, and, and allow that to be. And the only way we can allow that to be is through transmuting these shadows so we can allow more light to really, you know, come flooding through our physical vehicle. Oh, you beautiful creature, you. Okay, so I know that everybody who's listened to you will be like absolutely struck dumb by just the depth of knowledge, the depth of embodiments, embodiment, like how personal and how human and how relatable you are. So can you just tell the peeps about your upcoming course, the one that I have already enrolled on? I don't know if you have any spots left, but just tell people how they yeah. can work more with you. Yeah, I do have a few spots for my upcoming program, Chart Reading Mastery. This has kind of become my signature program, and I just love it so much because I get to really be in my gifts of sharing this wisdom of human design and the gene keys in a way that I feel like is very in integrity. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, with, with 
Chart Reading Mastery, you get access to all of the courses through thegenekeys.com. But I'm also showing you like how I integrate this into the work that I do, into my own work, and you get to see how to bring these systems together. Mm -hmm. And one of the greatest things that I feel like each person gets from this program is that level of embodiment because that's what I'm I'm role modeling. And so through your own embodiment of your own design, you really just become so much more confident in sharing this with others because you've gone to those depths yourself. And so through this program, it's like you not only get the information, the knowledge, but you also get the embodiment and the support and the sisterhood. And it's really been like a soul community where each time the women that come into it are just also bring so much depth and wisdom and knowledge that we can all learn from. And that's what I really love about it is it becomes this collaboration where we're all learning from one another. And like our Voxer chats are epic because, I mean, it's just, we just have this space where we have this common language to talk about these systems, to, you know, really you know, have these conversations we're not having many other places. And that's what I love about, you know, these conversations that we have, Ellie, is they're mm -hmm. so deep, they're so enriching. And yeah, so that's the, that the the next offer that I have coming up is this next cohort of Chart Rating Mastery. Um, but you can also join Gifts of Gaia, which Ellie is also yes. a member of. And this is where, you know, uh, each week we dive into the gifts that are being activated by the earth. So we follow the transits of the earth, which is, you know, this divine feminine energy. And traditionally in astrology, they follow the transits of the sun. And I think that that's also really powerful, but we really want to bring this into this divine feminine and connecting more with the gifts that are being activated by the earth. Mm, and it's a beautiful community. I mean, I've learned so much and, you know, Randy will cry every time. <laughs> it's Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, that is a promise. But it's, yeah. it's really, Sometimes it's, it's even really like cool. just in the, in the like prayer. Like I think it was last week. It was like just in the prayer. I was already crying. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I just love it. It's very, it really is. It's, I always feel very good after getting off onto the course. So that is highly recommended. Well, Randy, this has been like so fascinating for me. I mean, I feel like we need a part two because there's many wormholes we could have gone down. But I so oh my appreciate gosh. it. I know, so good. <laughs> and I hope that this was valuable. I know we went on so many tangents and so many different wormholes, but I really just trust that what needed to be said today was said. Yeah. And I'm just yes. so grateful for this space. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you so much, my darling friend, Randy. Randy.